Good afternoon, hello, 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 and how are you? Welcome, welcome back. We are on chapter 12 of five, go off in a caravan, wowzers. Chapter 12 already. So chapter 12 is called A Lovely Day. With a horrid end. Oh dear, doesn't sound too good. So, uh, if you remember, they'd lost Pongo. They couldn't find him anywhere. But, the beginning of this chapter. They soon saw Pongo. He was coming round one of the caravans, looking exceedingly pleased with himself. He went over to Anne and held out his paw to her, making little affectionate noises. Anne took what he held. She looked at it. It's a hard-boiled egg. Oh, Nobby, he's been at the picnic baskets. So he had. Two of the eggs were gone and some of the tomatoes. <gasps> Nobby smacked the chimpanzee and took him back to his cage. He was very sad and made a noise as if he was crying, hiding his face in his paws. Anne was upset. Oh, he's crying. Oh, please forgive him, Nobby. He didn't mean to be naughty. He's not crying. He's only pretending, said Nobby. And he did mean to be naughty. I know him. The morning soon went in visiting the circus animals. It was dinner time before they had had time to see the monkeys. Oh, we'll see them afterwards, said Nobby. Let's go and have a meal now. Come on, we'll go and have it by the lake. The children hadn't seen Lou or Tiger Dan at all, much to their joy. Where are they? asked Julian. Gone out for the day? Yeah, thank goodness, said Nobby. Gone out on one of their mysterious jaunts. You know, when we're on the road going from place to place, my uncle sometimes disappears at night. I wake up and he's not there. Well, where does he go? asked George. I wouldn't dare to ask, said Nobby. Anyway, he and Lou are out of the way today. I don't expect they'll be back till night. They had their meal by the lake. It glittered at their feet, calm and blue, and looked very inviting. Oh, what about a swim, asked Dick, when they had eaten as much as they could. Julian looked at his watch. You can't swim directly after a good meal, he said. You know that, Dick. We'll have to wait a bit. Oh, right, said Dick and lay down. I'll have a snooze. Or shall we go and see the monkeys? They all had a short nap and then got up to go and see the monkeys. When they got back to the camp, they found it alive with people, all excited and yelling. What's up? said Nobby. Oh, jump in, Jiminy, the monkeys are all loose. So they were. Wet. Ever the children looked, they saw a small brown monkey chattering to itself on the roof of a caravan or tent. A brown-faced woman with sharp eyes came up to Nobby. She caught him by the shoulder and shook him. See what that chimp of yours has done, she said. You put him in his cage but couldn't have locked it properly. He got out and let all the monkeys loose. Drat that chimp, I'll take a broomstick to him if ever I catch him. "'Where's Lucilla, then?' asked Nobby, dragging himself away from the crosswoman. "'Can't she get them in?' "'Lucilla's gone to the town,' scolded the woman. "'And fine and pleased she'll be to hear this when she comes back.' 
I'll let the monkeys be, said Nobby. They won't come to any harm. They'll wait for Lucilla, all right. Who's Lucilla? asked Anne, thinking that life in a circus camp was very exciting. Oh, she owns the monkeys, said Nobby. Hi, look, there's Lucilla coming back now. We'll be all right. A little wizened old woman was hurrying towards the camp. She really looked rather like a little monkey herself, Anne thought. Her eyes were bright and sharp and her tiny hands clutched a red shawl around her. They looked like brown paws. Your monkeys are out, yelled the camp children. Lucilla, your monkeys are out. Lucilla heard and raising her voice, she scolded everyone in sight, fully and shrilly. Then she stood still and held out her arms. She spoke some soft words in a language the children didn't know. Magic words, Anne said afterwards. One by one, the wandering monkeys came scampering over to her, flinging themselves down from the caravan roofs, making little chattering sounds of love and welcome. They leapt onto Lucilla's shoulders and into her arms, cuddling against her like tiny brown children. Not one monkey was left out. All went to Lucilla as if drawn by some enchantment. She walked slowly towards their cage, murmuring her soft words as she went. Everyone watched in silence. She's an odd one, said the brown-faced woman to Nobby. She don't love nobody but her monkeys, and nobody loves her but them. You mind she don't go for that chimp of yours letting out her precious monkeys. Oh, I'll take him an old lady down to bathe, said Nobby hastily. By the time we're back, Lucilla will have forgotten. They fetched old lady and discovered where naughty Bongo was hiding under a caravan. As quickly as possible, they went back to the lake. Old lady stepping out well, looking forward to her bathe. I suppose things like that are always happening in a circus camp, said Anne. It's not a bit like real life, isn't it? said Nobby, surprised. It's real life all right to me. It was cool in the lake and they all enjoyed themselves very much, swimming and splashing. Pongo wouldn't go in very far but splashed everyone who came within reach, laughing and cackling loudly. He gave old lady a shock by leaping up onto her back and pulling one of her ears. She dipped her trunk into the lake, sucked up a lot of water, turned her trunk over her back and squirted the water all over the startled chimpanzee. <laughs> the... The children yelled with laughter and roared again to see Pongo falling in fright off old lady's back. Splash! He went right in and got himself wet from head to foot, a thing he hated doing. <laughs> Serves you right, you scamp, shouted Nobby. Hey, old lady, stop it. Don't squirt me. <clears throat> 
The elephant, pleased with her little joke, didn't want to stop it, so the children had to keep well away from her, for her aim was very good. I have never had such a lovely time in my life, said Anne, as she dried herself. I shall dream all night of monkeys and elephants, horses, dogs and chimpanzees. Nobby turned about twenty cart wheels by the edge of the lake from sheer good spirits, and Pongo at once did the same. <clears throat> he was even better at it than Nobby, and tried and fell down flop immediately. They went back to the camp. Sorry I can't offer you any tea, said Nobby, but we never seem to have tea, you know. We circus folk, I mean. Anyway, I'm not hungry after that enormous lunch, are you? Nobody was. They shared out Mrs Mackey's homemade toffees and gave one to Pongo. <laughs> it stuck his teeth together and he looked so comically alarmed when he found that he couldn't open his mouth that the children roared at him again. He sat down, swayed from side to side and began to groan dismally. <laughs> but the toffee soon melted away and he found that he could open his mouth after all. He sucked the rest of the sweet noisily. Oh, but he wouldn't have another one. <clears throat> they wandered around the camp, looking at the different caravans. Nobody took much notice of them now. They were just Nobby's posh friends, that was all. Some of the smaller children peeped out and stuck out their little red tongues, but at Nobby's roar, they vanished. Got no manners at all, said Nobby. Bah, they're all right, really. They came to where big wagons stood, stored with all kinds of circus things. Ah, oh, we don't bother to unpack these when we're resting in camp like this, said Nobby. Don't need them here. One of my jobs is to help to unpack this stuff when we're camping to give a show. I have to get out all these benches and set them up in the big top. That's the circus tent, you know. We're pretty busy then, I can tell you. What's in this cart? asked Anne, coming to a small wagon with a tightly fitting hood of tarpaulin. <clears throat> Dunno, said Nobby. That cart belongs to my uncle. He won't ever let me unpack it. I don't know what he keeps in it. I've wondered if it was things belonging to my mum and dad. I told you they were dead. Anyway, I thought I'd peep into it and see one day. But Uncle Dan caught me and half killed me. But if they belong to your parents, they ought to be yours, said George. Now, funny thing is, sometimes that cart's crammed full, said Nobby, and sometimes it isn't. Maybe Lou put some of his things there too. <clears throat> well, nobody could get anything else in there at the moment, said Julian. It's full to bursting. They lost interest in the little wagon and wandered around to see the props, as Nobby called them. Anne pictured these as clothes props, but they turned out to be gilt chairs and tables, the shining poles used for the tightrope, gaily painted stools for the performing dogs to sit on, and circus props of that kind. Properties, Anne, said Julian, circus properties. Props for short. 
Look here, isn't it about time we went back? My watch has stopped. Whatever time is it? Golly, it's quite late, said Dick, looking at his watch. Seven o'clock. No wonder I feel jolly hungry. Time we went back. Coming with us, Nobby? You can have supper up there if you like. I bet you could find your way back in the dark. <clears throat> I'll take Pongo with me. And Barker and Growler, said Nobby, delighted at the invitation. If I lose the way back, they won't. So, they all set off up the hill, tired with their long and exciting day. Anne began to plan what she would give the little company for supper. Ham, certainly, and tomatoes. Oh, and some of that raspberry syrup diluted with icy cold spring water. They all heard Timmy barking excitedly as soon as they came near the caravans. He barked without ceasing, loudly and determinedly. Oh, he sounds cross, said Tim, said Dick. Poor old Tim, he must think we've quite deserted him. They came to the caravans and Timmy flung himself on George as if he hadn't seen her for a year. He poured her and licked her, then poured her again. Barker and Growler were pleased to see him too. And as for Pongo, he was delighted. He shook hands with Timmy's tail several times and was disappointed that Timmy took no notice of him. Hello, what's Barker gnawing at? Suddenly said Dick. Raw meat? How did it come here? Do you suppose the farmer has been by and given Timmy some? Well, why didn't he eat it then? They all stood, looked at Barker who was gnawing some meat on the ground. Growler ran to it too. But Timmy would not go near it. Nor would Pongo. Timmy put his tail down and Pongo hid his furry face behind his paws. Funny, said the children, puzzled at the strange behaviour of the two animals. Then suddenly they understood. For poor Barker gave a terrible whine suddenly, shivered from head to foot and rolled over on his side. Jiminy, it's poisoned, yelled Nobby and kicked Growler away from the meat. He picked Barker up and to the children's utter dismay, they saw that Nobby was crying. He's done for, said the boy in a choking voice. Poor old Barker. Carrying Barker in his arms with Growler and Pongo beside him, Poor Nobby stumbled down the hill. No one liked to follow him. Poisoned meat. What a terrible thing. Oh, my goodness me. Well, that was a bit of a bad ending, wasn't it? For a really lovely day. Oh, my goodness me. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed, Barker will be okay hopefully there'll be something down at the circus or somebody who'll be able to save him but thankfully timmy did not eat the meat he seemed to know didn't he anyway i think we can all guess how it got there do you think 
Mm-hmm. I think so. Anyway, um, I will see you all again tomorrow and possibly we will find out for definite who it was that left that poison meat. OK, so until tomorrow, of which I can't wait for now, but until tomorrow, take care and stay safe. Have a brilliant day and I'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.